Children are given by the Lord, but with a purpose. They are not there for entertainment or to perpetuate someone's name or lineage in any kind of way. Children are brought into the world so they can become through Jesus Christ, the perpetuating of God's kingdom on earth and into eternity. Every single one of us was born and created with the potential to live forever. We were made for eternity and not just for the here and now. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about God's instructions. For all complex and sophisticated things in life, there is some sort of written instruction or manual that is developed for them. Appliances and home goods come with instructions. Cars, trucks, and many other vehicles have instructions also, so they can be used and maintained properly. Some people think and or say that there is no manual for life, but I beg to differ. There is a very detailed manual that explains all things to us and ultimately how to live for the eternity we were created for. God's instruction or word is the all for mankind. Today's message is inspired on Leviticus chapter 12. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessed are you, O Lord, forever and ever. For yours is the kingdom and the power forever, O Lord. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I praise you, O Lord. And I, Lord God, I pray that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. Heavenly Father, please forgive us. Please have mercy on us, O Lord. Please remember that we are nothing without you, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, we need your guidance. We need your direction. We need your Holy Spirit, O Lord, to be able to lead us. Help us, O Lord, to understand. Help us, O Lord, to have ready hearts and minds, to be focused on you and on what your will is. Blessed are you, O Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's passage can be found in the book of Leviticus, chapter 12. This is the word of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman has conceived and born a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her customary impurity she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised, she shall then continue in the blood of her purification 33 days. She shall not touch any hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purification are fulfilled. But if she bears a female child, and she shall be unclean two weeks, as in her customary impurity, and she shall continue in the blood of her purification 66 days. When the days of her purification are fulfilled, whether for a son or a daughter, she shall bring to the priest a lamb of the first year as a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove as a sin offering, to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her, and she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who has borne a male or a female. And if she is not able to bring a lamb, then she may bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One is a burnt offering, and the other as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for her, and she will be clean. What is the purpose of the word of God? 
It is God's complete counsel to man for our benefit. From Old Testament to New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, the Holy Bible is God's complete counsel or instruction to man. The Bible was written by men, but inspired by God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 explains this to us where it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so that is the purpose for the scriptures, so that you and I could be made complete and equipped or prepared for every good work. You see, without God, without the presence of the Almighty in our lives, man is undoubtedly incomplete. If God is not in a person's life, there is a void, something that is missing in a person's life. And God is more than just a missing puzzle piece, if you will. The center of a person is what is missing when the Lord is not in them. That's why people self-destruct when God is not in their lives. Most people may not realize this, but when God is missing in their lives, they are on a direct course to hell because something is completely wrong or missing in them. People may think everything's fine on the surface, but down deep inside, something is terribly wrong. Some realize it, others do not. And the way some realize it is when they see that they have tried many things to fill the void and nothing is filling them. Nothing is getting them what they long for. No matter how much money they make or how famous they get or how apparently powerful they become or how many relationships they have, they start realizing that absolutely nothing fills the void, the hole in their heart. Blaise Pascal, the brilliant French mathematician, put it like this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. And so this is the very thing that the Word of God does. The Apostle Peter put it like this when Jesus asked the disciples if they wanted to leave also, where he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The scriptures, the word of God are words of eternal life because that is what Jesus came to reveal, to talk about the word of God, but in a personal and intimate kind of way where the word was no longer an intellectual pursuit or tradition or simple knowledge, but something that becomes life to us, something that again completes mankind. And as we read in 2 Timothy, the scriptures not only complete us, but they also equip us. Once we have been completed as the spiritual beings we are, God wants to build in us to help us get to where we need to get to so that we are not just living, but also eternally productive so that we fulfill the real purpose of our existence. Now, one question that may arise in some could be, does the Old Testament apply today? And we learn through the teachings of the Lord himself that the Old Testament, as we call it, from Genesis to Malachi, still very much applies today. And if a person learns both the Old and New Testament, the complete revelation of God, and applies them to their lives as well as shares it with others, then they're doing what is right. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 52, it says this, Then he, Jesus, said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure, things new and old. What was the purpose of the scribe? The scribe was the religious lawyer, the keeper and the teacher of the word of God, the one that would know how to interpret the spiritual law, if you will. 
And Jesus also said this where it is written, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So it is very clear that Christ came to fulfill the law and in every way possible. Not a single part of the law would be left undone through Christ and through his work in us and through us. So then, what is the purpose of the law? Romans chapter 7 explains this to us. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. So what is the purpose of the law then? To point to us what is wrong in us, to help us understand that we are sinful people, and that we need the Lord Jesus Christ at the very center of our lives. We cannot fulfill the law without divine intervention within us. Christ came to change our lives, to make us new and different, that we may be transformed back to what we were made for. And this new beginning, this change of life, is a gift from God, this making us complete through His Word and equipping us so that we would stop doing things that promote death and start doing those things that perpetuate life. For it is also written, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you see, God made mankind with the purpose of doing those things that perpetuate eternal life. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so what is the purpose of the word and of God's instruction for childbirth, as we read at the very beginning? so that we can understand that even at our very beginning, when we are conceived and born, even unwillingly, we sin. When a person is born into the world, they bring with them more death because they are perpetuating sin in the world. That is why atonement needed to be made when a child was born. King David explained this in Psalm chapter 51, where it said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Is having children sin? Within itself, no. But because of the fallen nature we are born with, every single one of us, male or female, when we came to this planet, we were bringing with us more sin. That was our reality. So birthing children within itself is not sinful, but the product that was being brought into the world is. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
Now, the only difference between an infant and or small child and older is that small children sin because of sinful nature, but they do it unconsciously, unaware that they are doing something wrong. There is no true understanding of what they're doing wrong. But as they get older, they become aware of what is wrong and they do it willfully with complete knowledge that what they are doing is wrong and evil. There is an age of accountability, if you will, when a person becomes fully aware that they are doing something wrong and they know it. They may not know the full repercussions, but they know that they're doing something wrong. We need to remember that there is such a thing as a conscience. In Romans chapter two, it explains this concept of the conscience where it says, for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things of the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. We are all born with a conscience, and our conscience tells us when we're doing wrong, when we're sinning. But despite the internal warnings, everyone still sinned against God before coming to the knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ, if they have come to that realization. That was our reality. And that is still the reality for all who have not yet come to Christ fully repented and converted from all sins. Now, do people still need to make atonement for childbearing? Does this still apply? We do not need to do this specific practice anymore because Christ came to fulfill certain things in the law through his person on the cross. Through Jesus Christ, we do not make atonement for sins anymore. We have complete forgiveness. We don't need to atone or to cover our sins, because that is what atonement really means. When we fully and completely repent and convert from our sins, and when we put our faith and trust purely and entirely on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Christ was the sacrifice that would replace and end all sacrifices for the atonement of sins forever. He was and is more than the sacrifices of innocent animal victims. God in the form of Jesus Christ died on the cross. And that caused an eternal change. Why? Because God, an eternal and perfect being, was sacrificed. And his blood would not cleanse us temporarily, but rather forever. But we do need to be mindful of sin and how we commit it and get involved with it in the many different ways that we do, especially with childbirth, and for two main reasons. The first reason is to understand our nature and that we need to turn away from all sin. We need to even repent from the day we came into the world. We brought with us more sin, more pain, more suffering in one way or another into the world. That's why this notion that some people have that they are not bad is wrong. We have all sinned. We have all done something wrong to someone, whether it was big or small, but trust me, every single one of us has added their fair share of damage to this world. There is no one that is better than the other. Our individual sins may differ, but sin is sin. And sin, big or small, brings about eternal destruction. When a person is born, they bring more death into the world because either unconsciously or consciously, they are bringing more sin into the world for the wages of sin is death. That's the truth. And we can never think we can justify ourselves in any kind of way and all on our own. It's impossible. Just like it is impossible for us to fulfill the law by ourselves. We need Jesus Christ to fulfill the law. Without him, it is impossible to fulfill the law in its entirety. He is the centerpiece. He is the one that fills the void that is missing within our lives. 
And the second reason for why we need to bear in mind sin when bearing children is that there is a great responsibility as parents. When bringing a child into the world, people are bringing upon themselves the responsibility to help turn that child through the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit into a being that becomes salt and light in the world. Jesus said this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Children are given by the Lord, but with a purpose. They are not there for entertainment or to perpetuate someone's name or lineage in any kind of way. Children are brought into the world so they can become through Jesus Christ, the perpetuating of God's kingdom on earth and into eternity. Every single one of us was born and created with the potential to live forever. We were made for eternity and not just for the here and now. But if a person does not come to complete and full repentance and conversion of sins and does not receive and allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their lives, it is impossible for them to live forever. That potential will never be realized. It doesn't happen on its own. Contrary to popular belief, we are not born children of God. God gave us the free will to choose and we need to use our free will for him and for his ways, especially when we are confronted with his word. For it is written, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. We always need to remember that a person is born with free will. And if they want to be saved, they need to use their free will to repent and convert from all sins and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives. For it is also written, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is what every person that wants to have salvation, to have God's eternal life, must do. There is no other way. And it is imperative, especially as Christian parents, to help children do that as soon as possible. A child needs to receive God's instruction from the very beginning from their parents. This isn't something that is the responsibility of the church, although they can help. And of course, you cannot depend on a school for this, especially in this day and age where children are being bombarded with all kinds of things that go completely against God's principles. This is all the responsibility of a mother and father together. If both parents are not believers in Christ, then of course the one that believes should spend that time with their child to teach them who the Lord is and to spend time with them in prayer and in the word of God so they can learn and make that decision to receive Christ when they're able to. The most important thing in raising a child is the God-given responsibility to raise them in God's ways so they can become a part of God's kingdom and do the Lord's will on earth for their own good and for the good of everyone around them. For it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently. 
to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. This is the foundation for all of the law and the prophets and for everything in the Lord, past, present, and future. This was introduced at the beginning and Jesus Christ reiterated the importance of this during his ministry on earth. The Lord Jesus Christ stated that this is the first and greatest commandment of all. This is why we do not ignore the Old Testament as some erroneously do. God's complete instruction is from Genesis to Revelation, the entire Holy Bible from cover to cover. And this is the reason for why God gave us his word so that we could have as instruction for every single thing we may need in his life and to know the way to eternity. God's instruction is for mankind's benefit and of course, for his glory and honor. The word of God, whether in the Old Testament or New Testament, is God's complete counsel or instruction to all mankind. But we need to understand that the Bible is more than God's instruction. The Word is the person of Jesus Christ himself, the one that makes all things possible. For it is written, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Bible also says this of Jesus Christ, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. This is the importance of the scriptures, that they represent the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father spoke everything into existence through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Genesis reveals this very clearly. Even when making man, the plural God that is mentioned in the ancient Hebrew says it like this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so this is why it is essential to understand what, or rather who, the Word of God is, and His Word needs to become an integral part of our lives. We need to become one with His Word, believe it and accept it through and through, without any shadow of a doubt. And we need to fulfill it cumulatively, from Genesis to Revelation, through the personal revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us to all truth through the Word of God. We must endeavor to embrace it and take it in as ultimate truth, all of God's instruction. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessed are you, O Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you didn't leave us aimlessly in this world. But Lord, you loved us so much that you gave us your instruction. You gave us your word. You gave us your son so that we could be able to learn and understand all things that truly matter. Help us, O Lord God, Heavenly Father, to heed your instruction, to treasure your counsel, to become one with your word. Help us to not just understand your word, but Lord God, to live it through and through, without a shadow of a doubt. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that is listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may be able to put a hunger 
and thirst for your word in them and that they might embrace it as they need to for their own good, Lord God, and for the good of others that surround them. Heavenly Father, because your desire is that all men, every single person, comes to know the truth and comes to your salvation. Your desire is for all men to be saved. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us to understand that, Lord God, and that you might help us to live by that truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.